Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. My name is Dennis Maka, and I am one of the hosts today, along with the illustrious Thaddeus Romanski here, joining you this morning, folks. We are filling in for your usual top of the month host, Deacon Deacon Mike Mike Beauvais. Hey, we didn't even plan to say that at the same time. Good job. But he will be on in a pre-recorded segment in the second half of the show, talking to the Bryan College Station community's local group of secular Franciscans. Should prove to be a really interesting interview and just a highlight on another way that if you're a layperson, uh, you can. it's a, just another avenue to pursue that universal call to holiness that the Second Vatican Council called us all to and that the Holy Father recently took up again in his most uh, his newest uh, apostolic exhortation. Indeed. Their name is Arms of St. Francis. And yes, thank a, you. It's a great group of people. And so it's it's a great interview that we recorded, and we're excited to be able to present that to you. So keep that in mind for your local community. And, uh, you know, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. I know your voice is a little bit uh, yeah, rough. It has been. I had a lot of graduations and a family reunion over the last two weekends, and Trying to talk over a room full of 80 people tends to stretch your vocal cords a bit. So It's okay, Dennis. We appreciate you putting in the extra little, making a little sacrifice this morning to be so, on the air. It's not like I've been so stressed that I picked up smoking or anything. It just sounds like I have. Yeah, we're glad about that. <laughs> so, hey, uh, we've had some priest changes in our diocese, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, it's that time of year. That it time is of indeed. the year. So, you know, we're, uh, we're working really hard to try to keep track of all the updates but uh, that are affecting our area. I think Sacred Heart in Palestine, you're steady as we go, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Haven't heard any of any changes over there, but a lot of changes in Waco and the Bryan College Station communities. And so some of those I wanted to highlight, Father Red, as they call him, Father Peyton Blevins, has been, been reassigned from St. Louis in Waco to uh, St. John Newman Parish in Austin. We thank him very much for his service to the Central Texas area. He was beloved at St. Louis. Yeah. Now he's going to go on and be beloved somewhere else. And then we've got Father Ron John Cletus is going to St. Louis Parish in his place. As we, These are associates that I'm mentioning because yeah. we have mentioned the, uh, the pastors. Father Ryan Higdon's moving from St. Mary's to there at St. Louis. I wonder if Father Ron John gets teased about his name, you know, with the, like the surfboard wax, Ron John surfboard I don't wax. Know. I don't know. You'll have to ask him when he comes back into the Central Texas area. I will. So he's going to be there at St. Louis and in China Spring as well. Go with God. Father Jared is leaving St. Joseph's here in Bryan That's... to go to St. Thomas More in Austin. That's where my sister-in-law He lives. will be missed here. I know that from St. Joseph's folks. You know, one thing that we did, I talked to my sister-in-law, Robin, there to tell him what a great priest uh, is coming her way, but I forgot to warn Father Jared about my sister-in-law. <laughs> Ouch! She's not listening. She Hope lives you're not Austin. listening, Robin. Jeez, <laughs> Robin, Dennis's. I love sister. you, Bird. I call her Bird. Sister-in-law. 
Father Greg Gerhardt's coming to St. Mary's here in College Station. Local as boy coming back. Yeah. So he's he's great. He's been here as a student at St. Mary's, and he's coming back as an Aggie priest. Father Cesar Guman Diaz is coming to St. Teresa's here in Bryan. Local Bienvenido. boy. Yeah, Father Father Jesse Martinez is going to St. Louis and Austin, but he's a local boy to Caldwell, which is in our listening area, so he grew up there. Right, fantastic. Father Isidore. Oh, man, I can't even pronounce Father Isidore. So, Ndogziamana. An African. Yeah, we're going with that. We're yeah. going. Father Isidore is going to St. Mary's Parish in Brenham, St. Anne's in Somerville, and Blessed Virgin Mary in Old Washington. He's going to have his hands full. And our, we send our prayers and our thoughts out to Father Eduardo yes. in, in um, Brenna because we heard through the grapevine that he's, he's ill. He's got some the, illnesses. So under keep, the weather. So please pray him, for him. Yeah, keep him in your prayers. Father Elizondo. An, an Aggie student uh, turned priest, Father Paul Michael Piega, will be at Santa Cruz in Buda. But just wow. it's, he's a local boy here. So if they're St. Mary's students, they can just snap, turn them into... In the priests? Well, I mean, it that's amazing. Takes a little bit more of a process than that, but you know, us Aggie Catholics. Father Vincent Romuald is going to Our Lady of Guadalupe in Temple, and uh, the Mission Church St. Matthew's and and Rogers, and a person that's made his time through the Bryan College Station area. Father Sang Quan is going to St. Elizabeth. Oh, I don't know him. Flugerville. Father Sang can do a, a wallop of a homily. He's incredible. So I've gotten to hear him. So thank you for all those announcements through the epistle on our Austin Diocese. Prayers and good good wishes to all of those priests moving around that they get settled in quickly and that they get adopted uh, heartily by their new parishes. Yep. So, hey, uh, why don't we move to your favorite, the Sacred Heart, I'm sorry, Sacred Heart Palace Palace Parish in Palestine. Yeah, the Holy Parish Land of Texas. That's what it is. So they are having. They're a, leading off. They're going to lead off. They're having a Sacred Heart Catholic Church 125th Jubilee. Let's give Woo. them that. So yeah, that's incredible. Way to go, Sacred Heart. God bless. So they're going to celebrate that on the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. When is that? That is in two days. That's on Friday evening, June 8th. So mm-hmm. indeed, all our listeners in Sacred Heart. On June 8th at 6 p.m. at 503 North Queen Street, that is the Sacred Heart address, they're they're honored to cordially invite you to join them in the solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, and they're going to have a reception following in the parish hall. So bring your favorite ethnic dish to share with your Sacred Heart family. Okay, way to go. So June 8th, Friday, Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and it's the 125th. Yeah. Jubilee, you said of that parish. That's not sesquicentennial, is it? That's one fifty, you know. Yes, one fifty. Okay. I so, don't know. I don't have one twenty-five off the top of my head. Anybody right want to Google that? They can because we're uh, and they could call in yeah, if they wanted to yeah. and tell us eighty-five Love Red Sea. That's eight five five six eight three seven three three two. I've got my eyes on that light for the phone to be blinking. So if you want to tell us about things that are going on in your community, feel free to call us as well. Two more things in. Uh, Palestine, they're having the Steubenville South Conference coming up June 22nd through 24th. I think a lot of our churches can go to that, but that's uh, going to be over in Louisiana, Alexandria. So uh, if you want to get in touch with Deacon Marty or Sarah Flynn, give them a call there in Palestine because that time is coming around the corner and this conference could literally change your life. 
5,000 youth, a bunch of sugar going on in caffeine and a lot of Holy Spirit. So give them a call. They also have their VBS coming up. They, they should be pretty set up. And I think that's a pretty big deal there in Palestine. I've actually seen a lot of setup when we were building their station there. It's pretty incredible. And they've got that coming up this next week, June 11th through the 15th. So sign up now. If you finish get grades K through five, it's going to be led through teens, grades six through 12 and supervised by adults. So sign up now. Call once again, the ever involved Sarah Flynn. If you want to give her a call at 903-724-3152 to get involved, get involved now and sign up now through the Sacred Heart Parish website. Friday, I'm sorry, June 11th, Monday through Friday, June 15th. That's what's going on in Sacred Heart in Palestine. Speaking of VBS, there's a lot of VBS going on. If you want to tell us about your VBS, Give us a call at 85 Love Red Sea, 855-683-7332. Thaddeus has ears on the ground, eyes on the ground, <laughs> voices on the ground of our local VBS, St. Anthony's. Yeah, we got a nice little update the other day from some uh, attendees at the St. Anthony Catholic Church in Bryan, VBS. Why don't we hear from that now? Hi, my name is Michael. I'm at St. Anthony's this week for their VBS. Our theme is Camp Padua. On Monday, we got to see St. Anthony's relic and venerate it. It's a piece of skin from his forearm. It's really neat. I suggest you should come see it. Also, we learned some songs, and my sister, Anna, she can sing one of the verses. I'm Anna, and I'm going to sing to you one of the verses from our song that we learned on Monday. All Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come and let your glory, come and let your glory fall. All Father, who art in heaven, the rocks sing out your fame. Come and let your glory, come and let your glory fall. Now my brother is go my brother Matthew is going to tell you about what we made at Arts and Crafts on Monday. On Monday, um we 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 watched PBS um at St. Anthony's um and we and we made crafts and they will sacrifice beads. At Vacation Bible School we're, we're praying for you. There it is. There it is. Hey, that was a great update v from those vacation Bible school. <laughs> those precocious kids at St. <laughs> Anthony's Bibles uh, vacation Bible school. Yeah, it's Camp Padua this this summer because uh, they're teaching all the the students about uh, the fact that St. Anthony's now has a first class relic of St. Anthony of Padua there in permanent, um, not permanent residence, but permanent. Veneration at, at, at St. Anthony's. Resident yeah. sounds better than yeah. storage. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say storage and not storage. Oh, there it is. I said it anyway. So, yeah, I should learn to not say the things that I know I shouldn't say on the air. Well, that's part of the human condition. We all struggle <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, but keep keep all those kids and families that are at the various vacation Bible schools around the, the listening area in your prayers. And I know that they're all praying 
for all of you. And today, also, we can ask for the intercession of St. Norbert of Xanten. Not a very familiar saint to many of us here in the modern world, but I have a little special connection to St. Norbert because a good friend of mine from high school and from college is a Norbertine priest, and actually Dennis has met him, and he comes to St. Mary's around Valentine's Day every year. Good Father folks. Ambrose Christ. Yeah. And we've got a couple Aggies um, who are in the novitiate there in Orange County. They have a mm-hmm. monastery there, St. Michael's Abbey in uh, Orange County, California. And they're, uh, they're good dudes. They're connected with Catholic Cancers Live. Yeah, that's right. Because one of the priests, Norbertines, is, is the Norbertine is the uh, uh, chaplain. Is the chaplain for Catholic Answers Live, mm-hmm. and every time lately they've been having the uh, chaplain is in. He is the one that's in. That's right. So pray for all those Norbertine priests. They do a lot of good work. They have, they help run a school, and it's Saint Norbert's feast day. Ask for his intercession today. Saint Norbertine. Pray for us. St. Norbert, pray for us. Mm-hmm. Norbertine. Yeah, he lived in the, lived in the 12th the century. Order. Got it. Belgium. St. Norbert. Northern France. There you go. St. Norbert, pray for us. So if you yeah. have anyone that uh, wants to uh, tell any personal St. Norbert intercession stories, or if you wanted to tell us about VBS, feel free. We still have about six and a half minutes left for our local segment you can call us at 85 love red sea that's 855-683-7332 the next thing we were going to do is talk about a financial update of what's going on yep we have been talking a lot on the air lately and you've been hearing my announcements to talk about uh, a need that we have here at uh, red sea catholic radio for uh, financial contributions and we are uh, in a bit of a uh, situation where we're having a shortfall uh, on our monthly operations. And so it's reduced. It's been reduced by a certain percentage. I don't want to do that math on the air, but it has reduced from 3,500 per month deficit uh, per month to 2,975. So we're making some progress. We thank you for those of you that have both increased your monthly donation or for those of you who have started a monthly donation. And so if you're listening to us right now and you love Red Sea Catholic Radio like so many Catholics and non-Catholics alike love Red Sea Catholic Radio, no matter what it costs or no matter what you can can give, $5 a month, $10 a month, $250 a month, whatever you can do sure does help because we've got a lot of listeners, Thaddeus. I know we do. And we're hearing from them. I've got pages and pages of testimonies. Can I share a couple? Yeah, please do. So from a Catholic, we had someone that wrote, uh, basically she works in the morning and goes to work at an ICU. She works and listens to Red Sea on the way to work from the morning offering to the folks with guest speakers. She finds that it prepares her for the day at work. Tough duty. What she wrote is days just go better when they start with Red Sea Catholic Radio, Mm. which is great. So that's a a wonderful uh, testimony from a Catholic. Another Catholic wrote us, Red Sea supplies what this community needs during these trying times, answers to what everyone needs to hear. And they're given in a very calm and very loving and respectful way. So in 
times where talk radio, even sports talk radio, is so divided and angry, and the political spectrum is so angry, anytime you turn on NPR or go to one of the news websites, it's just full of hatred. And so where else are you going to get a respect, even for someone that diametrically opposes what you believe to your core, people can talk about it lovingly. And also not just uh, anger, but uh, it's or it's filled with controversy or gossip, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're not going to find that on Catholic radio. You're going to find dignity, respect for the other. We got another testimony from a convert that says, I listen every day to Red Sea. I love learning about my faith. I'm a convert and I felt strong in my faith before, but now as a Catholic, I feel even closer to God. And I've learned so much. I'm wanting to share with all my friends who have left the church, Red Sea Catholic Radio. Amen. And when we want to hear a really cool one that's going to give you some uh, God bumps on your arms. Wait, there's more. There's even a better ones than those. Oh, man. It just gets better. It gets even better. So let's go with it. We have a, a listener in the Waco area that says she accidentally discovered Red Sea. And get this, Thaddeus. She wrote, I am a female Baptist minister. She says where she graduates, but I'm going to keep that anonymous. Red Sea resonates with my soul. I am discovering biblical theology that feels developed and formed. Mm. She writes, I honor Christ. I honor the Catholic church. Mm. So how's that between, you know, between people of different faiths that can listen to one place that is outstanding. Only. Yeah. Praise be to God. We thank God for testimonies like that. And we thank God that that can come about through Red Sea. But you know what? Red Sea is struggling a little bit. We're not going to be going off the air, but uh, you know what? We need to have your donations now. And it's, it's at a place where it is critical. We're, you know, we're having that monthly shortfall and any reserves that we've built up have been depleted. And we're, you know, it's a uh, time to pray, time to pay. Month or <laughs> month, month to month. Yeah, we are. Say. We are. It is very fair to say that. So if you have any way that you can provide a financial contribution monthly, you can do that by going to our website at redcradio.org. It's red, the letter C, radio. But if you typed in red, and you typed in C as in the, the Red Sea, S-E-A, and radio, you'll still get there. So redcradio.org forward slash donate. Click on that donate button on the homepage. It'll get you there. You can give monthly uh, through your checking or debit account or through a credit card. And that will give us some reliable income that we desperately need yeah. to keep and great I testimonies plug, coming in. And I want to plug, if you do give monthly, you get to be a part of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society. And yes. you get uh, some extra free content. Like for instance, we just sent out uh, a recording, an extra recording of our interview with Father Jared that we did back in yeah. May, but it's a little extra, just insight onto him as a as a man and as a, as a person and kind of what makes him tick and what yeah. gives him his ministry, its unique little feel. So you get a little more behind the scenes uh, insight on the guests that we have on Red Sea Roundup and Mystery of Parenthood sometimes too. So there's, and there's other benefits to being an Immaculata member. There are, there are updates that we are send out. big, big supporters of our radio if you, if you can become a member of that society. So to become a member of that society, it's an automatic monthly gift of any amount. I was going to say donation and gift together. Any donation of any amount uh, is, is welcome and become Immaculata member society 
Um, you know, we, we're asking for you to do that now. So go to redcradio.org forward slash donate, redcradio.org forward slash donate to give to Red Sea Catholic Radio to keep these wonderful testimonies alive and going and growing on the air. So coming up next is our interview with the Arms of St. Francis. And uh, that's going to be with Deacon Mike Beauvais. Be back at you on the other side, Red Sea Roundup. back want to welcome everybody back to the red sea roundup as i mentioned earlier that we are going not uh, to have this live so we won't be able to take any phone calls for this portion of our show but i am glad to be joined by sister rita jane Redecki, by gail peterson and by janie rios and we are going to be talking about the Franciscan Order here in Bryan College Station. And so I'm going to let each one of you all to introduce yourselves just a little bit, and we'll start with you, sister, since you have a microphone. All right. Thank you. I'm Sister Rita Jane Radecki, and I am a professed uh, religious with the Sisters of St. Francis of Sylvania, Ohio. We have been at the St. Joseph Hospital for... Um, 81 years already, and so I have uh, followed on some wonderful shoulders of our sisters. I'm a chaplain there now. I'm a certified chaplain, and I am enjoying my ministry very much. And we'll move to Janie. Introduce yourself to our listeners. I'm Janie Rios, and I belong to the Arms of St. Francis Emerging Fraternity here in Bryan College Station. I am acting minister for the Arms of St. Francis, and we have been meeting together, I would say, at least 10 years, and we welcome new members. Very good. And now we're going to introduce one of the new members. (laughs) Gail, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Gail Peterson. Um, we've lived in Bryan for about five years, and I just came into the um, Arms of St. Francis fraternity about six weeks ago. It's been kind of a long journey, but it's been wonderful. I'm really happy to be in the group. So I noticed the name is the Arms of St. Francis. Is there a specific meaning behind that name? There is. Our arms are welcomed to everyone that is a secular Franciscan or that are wanting to be secular Franciscans, our arms are open. And Brazos Valley, Brazos, also means arms. And that's why we picked that name, Arms of St. Francis. Our arms are open to you. And uh, you mentioned that this is a secular order. And uh, so you have regular lives on top of the fact that you are part of a community. 
I used to think secular was a bad word because you would hear, oh, no, that's secular. But, you know, it's not a bad word. It's all in context. So we're secular because we do live in the world. We are of the world. So we are secular Franciscans. We all have jobs. Um, Most all of us have families and other commitments. But this is just a key component of our lives, of our faith lives and our spiritual lives. What exactly is the purpose of joining a secular order? What would make someone think, hey, this is something that I should be part of? Well, for me, um, I really wanted to find a community here that believe as I believe. And of course, that would have to be a Catholic community. I have great people at work. You know, I love the people I work with, but they're not, it's not the same kind of community as you have with a group of faith-filled people who share my love of Christ and my desire to walk like St. Francis walked. And so I was searching. It's kind of a funny story because I was searching, and I didn't know these people. <laughs> and I was sitting at St. Anthony's one day, and Anne and Janie got up and talked about it. And I was thinking in my head, well, that sounds like it might be kind of interesting. So I was walking out of Mass afterwards, and they were out front, you know, with pamphlets. And I thought, no, I'm just going to walk on by. And uh, Janie's granddaughter walked right up to me and said, here. And I I said, oh, okay, thank you. (laughs) So I had to go to the next meeting because I feel like Julia picked me out. The Holy Spirit's giving you a hint. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Janie, what do you have to add to that? The Holy Spirit does call you. When I started looking into it, um, actually, uh, I was going to the RCIA meeting one evening, and I decided to stop at the Adoration Chapel and guess who was there? The sisters. And they were playing the crown rosary. And I was intrigued. And after they finished, I went and asked them, uh, what are y'all doing? And what is that crown rosary? So they enlightened me and told me about St. Francis. I was hooked. Wonderful. Now, sister, since you belong to the sisters of St. Francis, how do the sisters support the secular community? I know you take part in the meetings. What else do you do that's part of forming or helping them as a community of secular Franciscans? Well, we they know we're available. They know where we live. They know that they we're just a phone call away. They are included in our, our religious directory of all of our membership. And so uh, we hope that uh, through meeting with them and getting together with them, we always get together at Christmas, have a fabulous time. I try to come every second Saturday and be there for their beginning of the meeting, their prayer, their sharing, their formation part of the meeting. And... Um, so I hope that uh, we give that encouragement and that support that we're all living the Franciscan charism. That's what drew all of us to Francis. Uh, the way he lived the gospel, the way he went out to the people and ministered to the people. You know, the Franciscan order started with Francis, and um, he was searching himself. He didn't know what he was going to do. And he wanted to be a knight, and that fell through. He landed up in prison and everything. And he said, well, God, what do you want me to do? 
I, I was thought maybe I could serve that king. But I guess God had another idea for him to serve the real king um, of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so he was praying one day in this San Damiano chapel. He looked up at the crucifix, the San Damiano crucifix, which is a wonderful symbol of our Franciscan uh, heritage because that's where he heard Christ telling him, go and rebuild my church for it's falling into ruin. So right away he thought, okay, I'll buy some bricks. And he used his father's money. (laughs) Of course, his father was a merchant, a very, you know, a good merchant. And uh, so he used the money to buy bricks, and he was starting to repair these churches around here. But then it dawned on him, the church is the people. That's who you want me to go out to, Lord, the people. You want me to share the gospel with the people, to share what our religion is all about, how we should be living with each other, how we should be peacemakers, how we should respect each other. Excuse me. And um, uh, and he went out to the poor, um, to the lepers, to the um, outcasts of society. Because their needs, their spiritual needs, were not being met by the church. Now, Janie, as a member of the Arms of St. Francis, hearing a little bit of the story of St. Francis and his efforts to build up the church a person at a time, how do you see the Arms of St. Francis continuing that ministry? Well, St. Francis touched my heart um, hearing about him uh, when the Lord was speaking to him to rebuild his church. And he went out to the people, not just anyone. I mean, he went to everyone. He went to the poor, to the hungry, to the sick. He went and preached the gospel to the people that were not hearing it. So that was what the Lord was telling him is is running in ruins because— um, the people were not hearing it. And so I heard that, and I wanted to uh, become a secular Franciscan so I can be an example, I guess, in my work, at home, and leaving. And it has touched me so much that um, conversion has happened into my life little by little, and I did not even realize it. And so now, I mean, if I see anybody walking by me, I just smile at them and say hello. Because, you know, they might need that hello or smile in their life. And that's not me doing it, but that's my Lord telling them that he loves them. And Gail, do you see any challenges with living that sort of life in your job, in your home? Is it a challenge, or does it come fairly easy to live that out every day? I think it's getting easier. I think when I first joined, it was harder. Um, One of the big challenges for me was um, one of our first lessons was on seeing the face of God in every person. Well, you know, sometimes you don't care for a person, and it's really hard to see God in them. Um, but I feel like I'm doing better and better. I can 
I can see the face of God in a person and still not agree with everything they do or everything they see now, but I've had to grow to this point. Um, so it's kind of been an ongoing journey. And you know what? I'm not done growing, so I know I still have more to learn. But I think this is a challenge for us in any form of ministry and as Christians as a whole. It's balancing the notion that, you know, we don't like everybody, but we're called to love everybody. And how do we live that out? So I find it fascinating that, you know, the struggles for all of us, especially once we have chosen to live out in the open as Christians and, you know, a profession to a religious order, uh, ministry in the church of any kind, we're called to actually be on display. And the challenge there is, of course, then how do we do this? How do we serve as examples as fallen as we are? And uh, Janie, when we uh, talk about deciding to become a member of a secular order, how long was the process for you before you decided I'm all in? Three years. You go three months, um, initial formation. Then you go into um, candidacy, which is another six months. And then you go into um, uh, candidacy, and that could be 18 to two years. So it was a total of three years um, that it took me to become a professed. But I knew at the get-go, that's what I wanted to do. And um, that's why you go to three months initial formation to see if this is really what you want because it's a commitment, and it's a commitment for life. Speaking of a commitment for life, sister, (laughs) uh, how long was the process for you deciding to join the Sisters of St. Francis? You you really want the story? Well, I (laughs) wanted to be a Sister of St. Francis since first grade. I had our sisters in grade school. And I loved the way they taught us, the way they acted, interacted with us. And uh, they seemed happy. They seemed, uh, they liked each other. They liked us. And they took us to church, told us all about God and the scriptures and everything. I want to be like that. But finally, I got there two years after high school. <laughs> First but that's grade all right. to two years after high school. Two years after high school. But... Uh, well, uh, my parents uh, didn't want me to go in eighth grade, and that was okay. That's good. I probably wasn't that ready, you know. Um, and uh, then two years, then I finished high school, went to a large high school in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, they still weren't ready. They didn't feel I was still ready. So that's okay. And then my father died, and I stayed an extra year with my mother. And that was, I feel, what God wanted me to do. And so I joined, and I became a postulant for a year, and then a novice for two years, and then a, a professed sister for with uh, first vows um, for five years before I made final vows. 
And so I've been a professed religious now for 56 years. Congratulations. Now, Gail, uh, you were talking about getting the little memo from the Holy Spirit (laughs) and a granddaughter. And uh, how long did it take you before you decided to go to the first meeting? I think I went to the next meeting that they had. Yes, and um, and there's some other members. It's, you know, it's men and women. I don't know if we have said that yet. It's it's a mixed group. Yes, people might get the wrong idea because all of you all are women. But yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, men and women join. Yes, and so it's just it's a really fun group of people, but they're very passionate about what they do. And the first meeting, I don't know if I had totally decided the first meeting, but by the second meeting, I thought, oh, yes, I just fit right in this group. I need them. I can help them. It just was such a good fit, and I just felt like I was home. So from that first meeting, you felt you were on the road to making that commitment? Yes. And um, how was the journey for you, the progressing towards making your uh, profession of the permanent of joining for life, as J.D. said. <laughs> um, was there a hesitation, or did you feel comfortable enough that you were pretty much on that road the whole time? I think I was on the path. I hit a few bumps uh, in my private life, and uh, well, like my father died, and um, there were just a few things that happened that I think kind of slowed down my growth. I think I... I guess you don't always just grow at a steady rate, though. You like you grow, you kind of plateau out a little bit, and then kind of work through an issue and then <laughs> go on again for a while. So it, it wasn't steady growth, but I never thought about quitting. I never thought about stopping. I just, um, you know, I guess that's life. It just didn't go in a straight line for me. Was there a change in how you see the arms of St. Francis from being on the path to joining to being a full member. Do you feel different about it or is it just seems like it's still the same journey? The day that I professed was amazing. Um, All the secular Franciscans were there. My family came. My, My best friends from Houston were there. You could just feel so much love and just the power of the Holy Spirit. I just felt the whole church was just so full of love. I could hardly breathe. It was just, it was incredible. It's one of the most incredible days of my life. So that was very, um, it was exciting, but also it's like affirming. Like, yes, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So just keep on going. I was really impressed at the Mass, having the sisters there, having the secular Franciscans there, and seeing that they do feel part of one community. Mm-hmm. And I was always of the impression that, you know, you had religious and you had secular communities, and they were two totally different things. And... uh Seeing everyone at that mass and how happy they were for you and David and 
how, you know, you could tell it's one community. We are very fortunate to have the sisters there, strong, strong um, backers for us and supporters, and they'll do anything that we need for us, and we'll do anything they need for them. And Janie, when you came in and made your profession, did you have that same sort of sense of family with the group, with the sisters? And I did. Um, we were supported by our um, Sacred Heart Fraternity in um, Austin, by our sisters here, even by um, our local priest. Um, they all welcomed us and were excited for our next journey, which is the Franciscan journey. And the secular Franciscans is not just local, but it is even international. It is all over the world. It's it's a big group of of secular Franciscans, and um, we get together uh, at different times. We go to San Antonio for the uh, Franciscana um, meetings, and we have friars and sisters. I mean, it's a big, giant party. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we hear speakers um, about St. Francis. We always try to put St. Francis and St. Clair in any of our meetings because that's who is our example, is St. Francis, because St. Francis, he loved the Lord with all his heart. And he is my example about how to follow and worship Christ. If someone's listening to this program and says, hey, I'd like to check this out, I'd like to, you know, at least explore the possibility, uh, what should they do? Well, they can come to one of our meetings, come and see our Franciscan journey. It is the second Saturday of each month, and we meet at noontime. So they can come to one of our meetings and see what we're all about. We all take turns on ongoing, which once you're professed, we take turns of leading that meeting. Um, and we talk about St. Francis or St. Clair or even in any of the saints that were Franciscans. Uh, St. Anthony of Padua, he was a saint. He was a follower of St. Francis. So you just need to come and see. We meet at St. Anthony's Church in the, um, what do they call that room? The chapel. Oh, the multi-purpose building? The, the multi-purpose building. And we all bring food, so we eat really good. So don't be late. Be there right at noon so you can eat with us and then go through the prayers and the lessons also. And, Gail, what would you tell someone to expect when they come to this first meeting since <laughs> you're the closest one to this? Well, you know, Franciscans are a lot of fun. There's We find a lot of joy in life. So there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of laughter, but we also share each other's difficulties, help each other through, um, you know, as needed in life. And we pray, and we learn. We're learning, we're all still learning all the time. And that's one thing I did want to touch on, the prayer life aspect of this, because the whole point of this is draw us closer to God. So how has your prayer life changed since you began exploring the uh, arms of St. Francis and then joined permanently. Well, Francis talked about um, living a life 
gospel to life, life to gospel. And so a lot of our study, it revolves around the gospels. And I had learned recently about Ignatian spirituality. And so I really like to put myself into the gospel. And I I just feel like I'm there and I understand what's happening. And um, it just helps me go deeper. Janie, uh, how would you describe a change in your prayer life over the years that you've been with the Franciscans? Well, my prayer life definitely has changed uh, quite a bit. Um, for one, I hardly ever prayed. And now it's just like I'm praying in the morning, I'm praying at work, I say a little prayer if uh, I'm having difficulty with someone. I ask the Lord to please help me. I mean, I'm praying in my mind that can't hear me, but I'm reaching out to the Lord. <laughs> I am reaching out to him. Help me, Lord, to do your will, not mine. And so I pray then. I pray in the afternoon. Um, uh, the rosary, we do the crown rosary also. Um, it just at different times, and I pray for I pray for everyone, especially the children. Um, that touches my heart. Um, I ask God to guide these children and protect them. And I'm always reaching out to the kids. Um, I guess you could see that's why I have my granddaughters all the time. Because <laughs> I want to set an example for them, too, and um, everyone else out there. So, yes, my prayer life has increased a, a lot. Like now, before, I never hardly ever prayed, and now I'm like always praying. Now, I've heard you all mention the crown rosary several <laughs> times. Sister, would you explain to us how the crown rosary is? Um, well, that is something we always said before. Uh, I no longer do the crown rosary anymore. It has seven uh, mysteries, and they are the sorrowful uh, mysteries of... Uh, the Sorrowful Mother, ah. uh, the Mysteries of the Sorrowful Mother. Uh, so, um, yes, we had our own, and in fact, I think I gave mine to David. He said he never he needed one, so I said, well, I don't need it anymore. Uh, go ahead and uh, have mine. But it sounds like that's a wonderful way to add to the meditation on the Gospels, because you're adding... Mysteries, and every time you add a mystery, you're adding a part of the Gospels that perhaps we don't focus on. And um, I think this was one of the reasons that I found it so wonderful that St. John Paul the Great added the luminous mysteries, because we are now reflecting on parts of the Gospel that people that pray a rosary faithfully might not have had as much time to contemplate. And so, And that's what I love about Franciscan spirituality you know, centering on the humanity of Jesus, his life, and the Gospels. It's definitely a gospel uh, spirituality. And but, we're, we're evangelical. You know, we walk through and meet people, like they said, and maybe we use words, maybe we don't. Remember the famous sermon that Francis and Leo made walking through a town? And Brother Leo said, well, when are we going to stop and preach? And Francis said, we did already. And I think this is what we've been talking about, especially for the secular Franciscans, the ability to be out in your job and preach the gospel without saying anything. 
And I think uh, from what you all have described, this is part of the emphasis on your uh, desire to be part of uh, the uh, arms of St. Francis is the call to be like Francis out in the world. Would you speak to how that's impacted you, Gail? I, I think it has made me a better worker at my job, um, certainly less critical of people, uh, more forgiving and understanding of people. Um, I think it's helped me at home. I don't know if my husband would agree. <laughs> I'll ask him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I know as far as my children and my grandchildren, it's, it has been wonderful because I think before all this, I believed in my heart, and I did love Jesus, but I didn't really speak about it. I was uncomfortable with that. And so now um, it's just natural. It's just naturally when um, someone will ask, like, just a comparison, you know, let's compare it to something else. And, and I say, well, let's compare it to Jesus then. You know, what would he do? Would he, would this be good enough for him? Would, are we going to just stop with this? Or, you know, it just kind of changes your whole mindset, I think, when, you, when you're living this life. Anything to add, Janie? Well, on your journey, you know, at the beginning, um, I didn't know you could really love Jesus with all your heart, but you can. Um, I told that to my husband, Abel. One time I came home and I go, hon, I got to tell you, I fell in love with this man. Of course, he <laughs> dropped everything. And he goes, what are you talking about? I says, I fell in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. And he listened and he saw a big change in me. And um, that's how he became a secular Franciscan himself. And I think for anyone that's contemplating any form of improvement in their spiritual life, I think a good gauge is how is it received in the, by the people that you are closest to? What sort of example are you setting to them? Because I've heard several instances where people are alienated by someone's increase in faith, and I'm yeah. thinking someone's doing something wrong here. Uh, and uh, what I'm hearing is that what you are finding is that it's not only changing you, but it's changing your relationships to a certain extent. And um, do you see that at work also? Very much so at work. I always thought it was easy to behave at home. <laughs> much harder when you got out in the real world. <laughs> so that might be why I see the biggest change at work. And Janie... Um, when you're interacting with people, has your perspective changed as to how you respond to especially the annoying things that happen? <laughs> and if you're out in the world, you're going to have annoying things that happen. I have noticed a big change on me before. I would like argue or like, you're not worth my time. And now I look at that person and I have compassion um, for that person, and I try to listen to see what they really need because it could be something that I don't know that is affecting their life. So I want to hear and be able to help that person out. Um, so, yes, it has changed my 
my world. And uh, even if they leave mad at me or whatever, I still have peace and joy because I knew I tried to help out as best as I could to that person. So if someone's out there listening and they've heard all this and they said, maybe I should consider investigating this, what would you tell them? We have an email they could email to our minister. It's arms of St. Francis S like Sam F Frank O at gmail.com. And we check it all the time. We would love to hear from someone that has questions or anything like that. If they have prayer requests, we would take those too, and we'll include them in our prayers. Wonderful. And if someone just shows up at the meeting? Welcome. <laughs> Very good. Um, anything that, uh, and we'll go down the row starting with Janie, anything that you would like to add that we haven't talked about that you think our listeners might want to know about the Arms of St. Francis? Um, Arms of St. Francis, we look for diversity, so we welcome uh, men and women (laughs) to our meetings. Um, Come and see what we're about. You'll see um, us uh, enjoying life and celebrating Christ. Gail. I don't know if I can think of anything else. Sorry. Nothing else? Crazy, I know. Sister, anything you want to add? Well, that we're trying to make a difference in the world the way St. Francis did. I think that's what uh, Franciscans are called to do in the way they can, using their gifts and talents. So uh, we are a happy group. So, yes, if you're interested, please join us. And I think uh, from just listening to you all and hearing the joy in your voices when you talk about your vocation. And uh, I think we so often fail to understand that when we're talking about evangelization, Mm -hmm. it's good news. That's what the word means. And And that's what secular Franciscans are called to do. Exactly. But you're spreading this joy. You're spreading this good news in what you're doing. And I'd like to remind everyone that If you feel called to live your faith with joy, this is a wonderful opportunity to do this. Check out the email address. uh, The uh, send them an email. Come by the meeting. Check it out. No one's going to hold you hostage. (laughs) We will not hold you hostage. You're more than welcome to come and see. All right. I want to thank all of you for being here. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Please come uh, and join us next week when Gene Wilhelm will be your host. In the meantime, if you are contemplating how to gauge, how to contribute your time, talent, and treasure with the people of God, always round up. Yeah.